Hey there, John. How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing all right, Ethan. I, I was about to say tired, but I've made a pact with everybody that I know to not complain about being tired, the New York traffic, the prices, or the weather this week. So I'm going to say I'm good <laughs> and I'm excited. Well, welcome to New York City. You you had to work Thank you. rather hard to get get here, as did I, as did probably a ton of people coming in from all over the world. I mean, I'll tell you what, I uh, just real quick for, for our listeners, you may have noticed the new, the new theme music for the week. We are both on the ground in the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps, New York City, Manhattan, New York, <laughs> and we're here to cover the UN General Assembly, which is pretty much the Super Bowl for diplomacy. Super Bowl for development nerds, yeah, exactly. Yeah, ex- well, and, and, and I, I felt like the biggest nerd getting off the train in Grand Central, seeing lines of security cars and peering into cafe windows looking to see who was patronizing these places around Grand Central, which is pretty close to the UN building. Lo and behold, president of Paraguay, you know, I, do I know the guy very well? Have I read a lot about him? No, but I was freaking out, John. I'm impressed that you recognized him. Well, I had to do a quick Google search, but <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. I don't blame you. Well, we're recording this. We're recording this on on Sunday night. We're about to put this out. Um, we're going to be doing these every every day this week. Uh, a new little cadence to celebrate again. Just the super the Super Bowl, the World Cup, whatever you want to call it, wherever you are in the world. There is some sort of event, a sporting event. Uh, or, you know, this is like Oppenheimer and Barbie for us. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, a, that's, a gr- that's a grim analogy. <laughs> <laughs> and tomorrow, to kick things off, is the SDG Summit. Uh, these are sustainable development goals. And, and John, this seems like one of those jargony phrases that yeah. the UN puts out a lot. I mean, what does this mean? Sustainable development goal? I've been on a crusade against kind of like Diplo speak for a long time. Um, And and the 17 development goals, particularly if you go and look them up and kind of actually read the the goals and the language around them are, you know, Diplo speak par excellence. But these are, yeah, as I said, a list of 17 development goals that world leaders agreed to back in 2015, which feels like a long time ago because it is almost a decade ago. Um, and the plan is to complete these goals or achieve these goals by by 2030. So we're halfway there, which is why this is getting so much attention this week. Uh, the development goals, the, 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 the sustainable development goals are kind of, they cover basically just about everything um, under the banner of improving human life on Earth, essentially. Um, things like eradicating world hunger, world poverty, gender equality, um, affordable clean energy, child uh, child prosperity, all this kind of stuff. They're all the 17. I don't want to go through them all. Folks can look them up if they're, if they're that keen. Um, but I think the key takeaway of at certainly what folks have been saying in the lead up to this week is that the... The, the progress, the status of these goals, um, not great. We are nowhere near achieving any of them, really. John, to your, to your point on progress here, here's what Antonio Guterres, the, the Secretary General of the UN, said about the, the Sustainable Development Goals during his opening address on Saturday. But as we gather this weekend, the goals are in trouble. Today, only 15% of the targets are on track with many going into reverse. The SDGs need a global rescue plan. 
and Monday's SDG Summit will be the moment for governments to come to the table with concrete plans and proposals to accelerate progress. But we all need to step up. What, what lovely diction he has. What a lovely accent. He speaks so clearly and like... He does. Uh, it's lovely. I like listening to that. Whatever you think of the UN, you have to, you have to say Guterres is a, a fitting leader. You know, he speaks beautifully. He's got a, a charm and an, ele- yeah, an elegance sure. that the UN can aspire to. So, I mean, you, you, you touched on it briefly. How far off are we on these goals? Well, actually, he also said um, back in July that unless we act now, the 2030 agenda, which is the, the Sustainable Development Goal agenda, could become an epitaph for a world that might have been. Um, that, is, that is fairly poetic, but grim, grim language. Um, and I think it paints the picture pretty, pretty well. Um, you know, I think I think there's even some that some of these goals, and I can't remember which ones, Ethan. You can probably fill me in here. But some of the goals, not only have we not made progress towards achieving them by 2030, um, we've actually gone backwards on some of them. Um, I think I think global inequality being a fairly obvious one that since 2015 has actually gone backwards with you know COVID and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think I think the issue is just that new challenges just keep cropping up. You know, year after year, and it's really hard to adapt to them. Um, Secretary General noted that, and another quote here, the annual Sustainable Development Goal funding gap has increased from $2.5 trillion before the pandemic to an estimated $4.2 trillion after the pandemic. Um, governments, you know, are drowning in debt. Um, with developing countries facing sky-high borrowing costs. And, and 50, 52 nations are in default or close to it with no effective system of debt relief in sight. So not only are you trying to like achieve these goals to kind of improve people's lives, but there's new things cropping up that make it even harder to do that. Obviously, we haven't talked about the Ukraine war yet. That's another thing that's cropped up that makes the SDGs harder to achieve. And frankly, not even harder to achieve, but just like not a priority for a ton of, for a ton of countries. So, uh, you know, I think all of that sets this up, uh, as one high-ranking official said, um, UN official said, to be a moment of truth and reckoning this week for for the goals. Um, you don't want to be too cynical about this stuff. Um, there has been heaps of progress, particularly on the ground, you know, any progress towards eradicating child hunger or anything like that, even if it's small progress, is still a good thing. Um, and there's been some progress on goals like um, increasing renewables um, and these kinds of things. But in terms of how close are we to get to the goals that we thought we would get to or that we're trying to get to, it's not it's not a good story. Yeah. I mean, you think about the moment that these goals were adopted, 2015, just a, a real time of, of hope and optimism. It seemed like the Cold War world order had been cemented. And then within four years, you had a pandemic. Within seven years, you had the most perhaps significant land war in in the 21st century, at least from a global perspective. I, I mean, and you need only look at the speakers list this year to see where the UN's attention is. Zelensky uh, of Ukraine speaking this year in person for the first time in a primetime speaking slot right after President Biden. I mean, that, that says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think you're really on the money to point out the difference, um, and not just by what's happened since 2015, but the difference in the way the world looks, the mentality in which countries are approaching international affairs. Um, I think you said in one of our one of our chats um, that uh, 
you know, 2015 was kind of the very end of that kind of Obama optimism post-Cold War, like, oh, the world is, you know, we're, we're all one big world, like goals are possible. I mean, do you remember the 2008 Obama poster? Right. The campaign yes, poster. we can hope all yeah, that stuff. That says it all. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 2015 was kind of like the very, I mean, I would argue that that, that vision of the world kind of started to fall apart um, after the financial crisis in 2008, but it was a slow falling apart. Um, and 2015, in, in some ways, was kind of like the the high, well, the sort of end of that era of optimism. And that was when these goals were agreed to, not for nothing. It was also around the time that the Paris um, COP uh, targets were also adopted. So it was just this time of like, yeah, we can do all of this. Like there's a consensus around that we need to make things better. Uh, and you look at the world now and it's a completely different vibe to use a word that your generation uses, <laughs> you know, war, China, famine, all that kind of stuff. And people are less likely to, I think, um, feel good about this stuff. John, I mean, we, we've talked about a few summits in the last couple of weeks. We talked about the BRICS summit. We talked about the G20. Uh, I mean, l- l- yeah. just, just taking stock of the goals for each of those summits. For BRICS, the goals the goal was to expand, to add a few members. They did it. Huge, roaring success for the block. For the G20, the goal was to put some signatures down on, you know, some general infrastructure project that will take place over the next 30 years. They did it. Congrats. Pop the champagne. For the <laughs> UN, the goals are enormous. Right. We're talking about eradicating poverty. I mean, these are this is no small feat to expect uh, any institution to take on, but you're a UN skeptic. So, so my question to you is: Are the goals too lofty, or is the body incapable of solving them? Well, um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that I'm a UN skeptic per se, um, <laughs> but thanks for that because it's you know it's going to be a difficult week now. Subscribe to the pop up <laughs> newsletter and and decide for yourself if John is a UN skeptic. I think I think what I am is um, a bit more realistic. I think that to answer your question, it's a good thing that they've got lofty goals, but then it's kind of unfair to expect those goals to be achieved. Um, so is the UN great for setting their gender and getting things into people's brains and, and, and consciousness and like changing the conversation? Absolutely. That, that's a really big, um, you know, that's a really big strength of the UN's. But then if we're going to measure, uh, goals and progress against them, well, the UN is 193 countries all with like just an incomprehensible amount of interests that often clash and, and, and work against each other. Um, it's kind of unrealistic for it to be able to kind of work together, to, to make those countries work together. So I, I wouldn't say I'm a skeptic. I'm just saying that we need to be realistic about what it can achieve. Um, and, you know, going back to the UN's founding, it's important to remember what it was founded for, and that was to keep peace. It was founded in the wake of World War II. It's It, it largely kept the peace during the Cold War, at least stopped us from killing each other with nuclear weapons. Um, and, and, it, and, it's, and it's been very successful in some of its peacekeeping missions too, i.e. keeping the peace. It's only very recently that it's been kind of seen as um, a place where we can turn to to solve all of our problems. And when it doesn't solve those problems, we get very disappointed about it. Um, and, and I think the problem with that is that it strikes me now, particularly if you start to read the things that are being published in the wake or in the lead up, I should say, to this, to this week of meetings, it's starting to create a real negative momentum. 
there's a lot of negative vibes around the UN. You know, you, we just played that clip of, of what the Secretary General said, where he's clearly very disappointed in what the UN has been able to achieve so far. My worry is that by adopting these lofty goals and then measuring our progress against them, we're just creating an endless negative feedback cycle because realistically, those goals aren't achievable as a collective world. Well, we'll talk about the consequences of that negative feedback cycle on tomorrow's podcast when we talk about the Security Council. Indeed we will. But John, I mean, th- we I think we did a good job here of, of setting the stage for the week to come and, and especially for the SDG Summit tomorrow. Let's say I'm going into the building tomorrow. I couldn't be more excited. Follow me along and uh, follow along at Ethan Plotkin underscore for, for live updates on from inside. E- X on X on X, or... on X, whatever <laughs> you want. Yeah, or just follow me. You can follow me. You know, if you can find me, feel free to follow me. Let's say, let's say I can can track down the Secretary General. What's the big question you would want me to ask him about this? That's a great question. Um, well, let's workshop something here. What, what, I think something about this. I mean, tomorrow is the Sustainable Development Goals Work uh, Summit. Um, so I would say, I would maybe ask people. Um, if we don't achieve the goals by 2030, which is looking increasingly likely, does that mean the UN should back off from this kind of policy making of this mm-hmm. kind of work? Should it go back? Should it revert back to a smaller, more achievable role in the world of keeping the peace and getting enemies to kind of come together in the same room? Maybe that's the question. Is like, do you think the the UN has overstepped and it's time for it to to get away from these kinds of more lofty, ambitious things. Or maybe that's a bit too cynical and you'll get, you'll get kicked out of the I UN. I might get I don't kicked know. out. Yeah, I'll ask it anyway. I don't care. Excellent. Good. Well, John, it's going to be an awesome week. Can't wait to see you back here again tomorrow. Uh, we'll be in the feed all week. We will be in your inbox all week, both in the regular form newsletter and in this pop-up newsletter. And we're, we're really, really excited to be supported this week by The Economist in, in doing yeah. all of that. And let us and let us know if you have any comments or if you like this or if you want us to talk about anything specific. Uh, this is a little bit of an experiment um, here at Intrigue headquarters, um, covering these kinds of big global events in a more in-depth way than we might usually. So if you if you like it, let us know. All right, play the outro music. <laughs> Thanks, Ethan. Cheers. Mm-hmm.